G'day, mate. Forty here. So I was listening to Dennis Prager talk about how he had tremendous success early on in life. So about age 22, 23, you realize he had formidable qualities of charm and verbal persuasion, and he decided that uh, he's going to use those for God and for goodness, and that he was just going to be a vessel for certain important ideas such as ethical monotheism, meaning that God's primary demand of us is that we behave ethically. So he just sees himself as a vessel for certain lofty, morally improving ideas. And therefore it was his kind of his life's mission to teach people the difference between right and wrong, to morally educate people, to sensitize people the importance of behaving in an ethical manner. I remember when I heard this first from Dennis Prager on KBC Radio in Los Angeles around 1988, I found an absolutely intoxicating message. So can you imagine going through life feeling like you are a vessel for God and that you have a mission to teach people about right and wrong absolutely intoxicating vision and how would one not feel important with such a mission so that's like morally elevating it would be psychologically and personally strengthening it would give one passion meaning purpose you know a lot of great things flow from that type of thinking now is it true so I used to think that was true, that the most important thing is teach people about God-based ethics, ethical monotheism, that God demands that we treat other people ethically, that nothing more important than morally educating people. And then, as I've gotten older and I've been humbled by life, I realized that uh, my own attempts to behave ethically didn't really get me anywhere because I had all these disabling addictions that kind of got in the way and achieved priority over behaving ethically. So when I had an opportunity to go to bed with another you know, attractive young woman, even though I didn't plan to stay with her and marry her, I mean, the, the pleasure of, of those interactions with her kind of outweighed my commitment to ethical monotheism. And at times my visceral need for attention would you know, outweigh my devotion to ethical monotheism. And so I, I kind of realized from my own life that uh, putting a priority and trying to be an ethical person simply didn't work because as long as I was in the grip of various addictions or as long as I had kind of a disordered attachment level to myself and to other people, all my attempts to behave ethically didn't really get me anywhere. And so from my own life experience, I saw that people who loved other people, had good relations with family, friends, Right? They tended basically to behave ethically because when you're happy, when you feel good, uh, you, you naturally look for opportunities to be helpful to other people and naturally kind of desist from opportunities to totally screw people over because if you totally screw people over, you're creating enormous openings in your life for chaos and for retaliation. So if, you're, if you've got a basically happy life, right, you're incentivized not to screw people over because there are tremendous chances that either they will retaliate or other people will retaliate on their behalf. So it seems from my life experience, the most important thing is to help people to feel comfortable and at ease with themselves, with other people. And as people you know, live lives of you know, normal attachment to others, like have friends, get along with their family, that uh, then good things flow from that as opposed to trying to morally sensitize people to various moral rules because there aren't really a lot of uh, moral
moral rules that you can apply to life. It's basically an orientation. If you're at ease with yourself, then you're not going to feel strongly pushed or incentivized to disrupt or damage other people because of how disruptive and damaging that could then be to your life. If you've got something precious going on in your life, you're not going to want to risk it. If you don't have anything precious going on in your life, then you can behave in all sorts of haphazard and dangerous ways. So you see with like serial killers, they're almost always loners, but when, when you meet people who like their family, ha have friends, right? They're really just totally needlessly cruel. And then I was also impressed by the, the example of say Japan and South Korea. These are like overwhelmingly far more law abiding societies than any Christian or Jewish society. Right, Japan is overwhelmingly a secular country. It's not a religious country. It's not a monotheistic country. And yet, they treat their families far better. They have far lower rates of crime, far lower rates of, of violent crime. Now, overall, they just behave in a far superior manner to any extended Christian or Jewish community of which I'm aware. So if Japan, for example, you know, without God, without religion, without monotheism, without ethical monotheism, if the Japanese consistently behave better, including in their diaspora communities in Brazil and California, and if they consistently be behave better than the monotheists around them, then uh, maybe you know, God-based ethics is not the most important thing in life. So we all naturally think you know, that what we do is you know, really important. And my father was a theologian, so he thought theology was the absolute numero uno of all disciplines. And Dennis Prager has this life mission of teaching people right and wrong, which is, you know, should just fill you with a tremendous sense of importance. Like, what could be more important than morally educating people? But what if morally educating people is not particularly effective in morally uplifting people? What if the most important thing that uh, determines the morality of someone's behavior is the quality of their relationships, which is a reflection of one's own relationship with oneself? So... To the extent that one can encourage other people to feel increasing sense of comfort and at ease with themselves, including their own inclinations towards uh, doing selfish, mean, nasty things, then you would open up space for people to have better relations with others. Once you have better relations with others and you're at ease with yourself, then you have something precious going on in your life and you're not going to want to risk it. And then, like, basically decent and sometimes generous behavior simply flows from people being at ease with themselves and, and with others and having something precious to partake. So I'm thinking about the lever of you know, how strong our drive is to feel more important than we are. And you can use that inclination you know, in a pro-social direction or an anti-social direction. But think about for the live streamer, the pundit, the nationally syndicated radio host, like how does he get his feeling of importance? So compare my perspective, for example, with Dennis Prager. So Dennis Prager sees that we have been living in a civil war, a non-shooting civil war for over 20 years, versus me, who thinks that we have, you know, with all our problems, we have things pretty good in the United States. So who is more important? The one who is able to detect the fault lines of a civil war ripping our country apart. That, you know, we're on the verge of mass genocide. Right? Or one who says, oh, things are pretty good. Like, who's more important? Like, the live streamer who tells you that we're becoming more and more like Nazi Germany every day, 
you know, the pundit who says that society's headed for the apocalypse, or one who says that uh, the most important thing is that you get along with your family and your friends and your community and that you have hobbies, right? So my perspective is the most important thing in your life where you should get your primary sense of meaning, purpose, identity, and excitement is from having kids, from having a spouse, from having a family, and having an extended family, and getting along with that extended family. And then if there's space after that, then bringing friends into your life. So I'm not married, I don't have kids, so there's a lot of space in my life for friends. Like normally, I think family should fill your life, but if family doesn't fill your life, then you should fill your life with, with friends. And and from those connections, friends, extended family, community, right, shared interests, uh, hobbies, shared pursuits, uh, religion, church, synagogue, uh, study of Torah, uh, you know, going to book readings, uh, writers' gatherings, uh, whatever your, your passion is, it, that should fill up your life. But where is my importance then? Right, compared to a person who says, the most important thing is speaking up about how outrageous this indictment against Donald Trump is. Right, so the, the pundit who says, you should be speaking up, you should be risking making enemies, you should be risking your job, your position in your community, your relations with friends and family over speaking out against Trump versus one who says, no, your relations with your employer, your co-workers, your, your family, your friends, your community, your neighbors, far more important than staking any position on Trump's indictment. So it seems like we have perverse incentives for the commentator on politics, the one who stresses how important it is to you know, get politically active versus the one who says, not important to get politically active. Obviously, the one who says it's important to take, you know, these public stands to get politically active, you know, to join the fight to take back your country, right? That pundit is going to be a lot more important than the one who says, uh, your family's where it's at, and any space and time and energy that you have in your life above and beyond your family, then spend it with extended family and friends and uh, put politics on the back burner because it doesn't really have much importance for your well-being. Right? With my traditionalist perspective that family is, comes first and then friends and that politics doesn't really, shouldn't really have much to do with your well-being, your happiness, your purpose in life, how you spend your time and energy, then there's very little importance to what I'm doing. Like if I was able to look around and say, my God, guys, there's just signs of a civil war. Do you see these signs of civil war all around you? I see these signs of civil war. We're becoming more like Nazi Germany. Or the most important thing in life is to teach God-based ethics, ethical monotheism. Or you know, I'm here, I'm a vessel for God. Guys, I'm a vessel for God. I'm here to teach people the importance of ethical monotheism, moral education, right? Those you know, fundamental teachings of Dennis Prager, you know, they, they should fill him with a sense of importance because he has an incredibly important job to do and he should have an incredibly important role to play in the lives of those who believe him. But someone like me who says your primary meaning, purpose and excitement in life should come from your family and uh, politics doesn't really matter much for your well-being, that it really doesn't matter for the quality of your life in the overwhelming number of cases in the United States, who is president, and then there's no 
there's virtually no importance to what I'm doing, which is what I think. There's, the only reason I'm doing this is it's a bit of fun for me. It's a way of thinking out loud, getting a challenge, uh, refining my, my thought. And so I do this because it's fun. It's the equivalent of uh, playing chess or, or basketball for me. And I think I may have a positive effect on some people. And I think this has a positive effect on me because I get your responses and your challenges, which helps me to think more clearly. And because I don't have a family, therefore I have a lot of time for intellectual interests, such as in politics or live streaming or blogging or punditry or talk radio. So I've got all this time and interest and energy available for these outside interests. And so I want to refine my thinking on these outside matters because precisely because I don't have family. But uh, the, the dissident live streamer is telling you, ah, oh, you know, all the mainstream media are lying to you. All the institutions are controlled by leftists, which I agree, they pretty much are controlled by leftists. That doesn't mean they're always or primarily lying to you. So sometimes the mainstream media gets it wrong. Sometimes the dissidents get it wrong. But for the dissident pundit who's pointing out, you know, whose primary focus is on how everyone's lying to you, they're manipulating you, they're gaslighting you, guys, they're gaslighting you. Enter in promo code Democrats are satanic pedophiles. There's a tremendous sense of importance that you would get from that. If you're convinced that the, the powers that be are just constantly lying and gaslighting to you, right, then you have a tremendously important mission to expose the lies of these satanic pedophiles. Uh, my perspective is that I'm a deeply flawed human being who probably is frequently lying to you uh, without consciously knowing it or just deluding myself, and that I don't think that the people who pump out the news in the New York Times or CNN are any more mendacious or unethical than I am. You know, I don't think the elites are you know, morally inferior to, to me. You know, I don't think they're inherently more gaslighty than me. So I think you know, I can supplement and challenge uh, New York Times coverage at times. But overall, I wouldn't put myself above New York Times or any you know, mainstream institution or source as a, as a fount of you know, impeccable wisdom. You know, not, not that important. But if I was able to convince myself that you know, all our major institutions and media were just constantly gaslighting us, think about how important I could feel. Like, think about what an important role I could play in your life where I'm able to point out to you all the deceit that is just constantly being shown your way, but I don't go along with that deceit. I'm just a humble servant of the truth. I, I am, I am the, the vehicle by which you can overcome your victimization by the powers that be. Then you get infused with importance but uh, it's also kind of delusional so it seems to me like telling the truth that your primary meaning and purpose in life should come from family and then friends and that just undercuts importance to, to punditry and, and being you know, a political live streamer because I'm saying it just doesn't really matter I feel really important when I cut cast my vote for your phone message yeah yeah so that guy well, Vic Mackey got got convicted of uh, spreading memes but uh, I don't think it really matters it shouldn't matter to 99% of Americans more than about 2-3% 
their happiness levels you know, should be determined by the results of elections going on around them. And if that's true, then the uh, political pundit right, isn't, isn't very important.